Hey everybody, this is John here with my cat jingling in the background. Coming in at the top of the episode to let you know that there is a little bit of fuzz in Gabe's mic starting at the 30 minute mark. Just so you know, it's not your player, it's not your headphones, it's us. And we're going to try and do better next time, but we still want to put the episode out. So, enjoy. It's nice to do this with you guys and realize the latency isn't that bad because I did do a recording with someone recently where the latency, I was like, wait, let's, let's just clap one more time just, just to make sure. And the clap was the same distance apart. And I was like, okay, okay. This is a thing that's happening. So you don't edit this podcast. So you don't really know. I don't really know, but I know how long it usually takes for me to hear y'all's clap versus how long it took for me to hear that clap. yeah it's, so. <laughs> when we clap it sounds synced on the in the call whereas i think it doesn't always like for when i've done that before i i know chris did mention like my internet just twitches in the middle of every recording and he has to resync everything so that's great but yeah, it's really fun editing when you line up the claps so you know everybody's together yeah that's the great thing about living in a single house with a bunch of other undergrads yeah that's the great thing. Well, in the case of your other podcast, it's literally the great thing about living with the person you record with, I guess. You just sit on one mic and there's no syncing bullshit with that one. It's so simple. Yeah, it's kind of cool it's you so moved nice. in with the person you did a podcast with and then you guys fell in love and got married. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. yeah. It's All because story. of the podcast, you know? Sick. Like, if if I, you know, our relationship was like on the rocks and then Bethany was like, let's make a podcast together. Man, and suddenly everything was solved. So, suddenly, that's all we. I thought, I thought the order was you guys had never met before, and it was a blind podcast setup. <laughs> you know what? Podcast You're right. You're right. I'm messing up the history. It was blind dating. I just, uh, I just like, uh, you know, I, I put in for like a, oh, a podcast man. lottery, you know, and and they matched this co-host with me. I was I, like, you know what? This co-host is actually really cute and pretty, and I like her a lot. Yeah, what if that was a thing? Like a, a blind, co- a blind podcast co-host date was a thing. Oh, you you joke, but I almost did set up a bl- a YouTube collab in like 2010, based on like a blind <laughs> matching thing on Tumblr. The worst thing about everything you said was the year it was. 2010 was the worst part about this. <laughs> yes. So 2010 was the worst part about that sentence in terms of the actual what the collab would have looked like. But I have to say, yes. it does at least mean that for John's age, if you do the math, it's like, ah, oh, that's a goofy teenage moment. It's kind of endearing when you when you go back to Barely teenage, years. but still. Yeah. The other thing that's just throwing me is that that was 10 years ago now. Like. The thing that's throwing me, it's 10 years ago, and also, like, you wouldn't have been, like, a child. You would have been, like, a pretty older teenager doing that I was too. I was a freshman in college. 10 years ago? No, you weren't. Yes, I was. What? Oh, wait. No, 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 no. I was a senior in high school. Yeah, yeah that sounds better. Okay, you know what? Then 2011. This was nine years ago. Okay. Still, though. Holy Still. shit. Um, time is weird like that because sometimes you hear a thing and you're like, wow, time, it hasn't been, it's been a long time since the thing or it's been like, uh, or, or it could be the opposite. Like when I looked up that those like railroad tie things that people have at their houses sometimes for landscaping last 100 mm-hmm. years and I realized that meant the ones that were put at my house when it was built are still good for another, like, 30-something years. Yeah. I mean, I, the, man. the thing that's really throwing me is I could have sworn that Lord's first album came out four years ago and second album came out two years ago. No. No. It's like six and four, no. isn't it? Oh, no. I, I Seven listened, and four. I've, I remember hearing songs on her first album on the radio in high school, so it has to be, like, like five, oh, six Gabe. years. Oh, Gabe, you just did serious psychic damage to me. Really? I'm only, like... Uh, Three or four years younger Still, than you. That's kind of wild. 
I know, but still, I, I associate Lord so specifically with college. Oh, yeah, let's not even talk about how I graduated undergrad four years ago. Jesus. Yeah, I gra- I graduated longer than I think. Lord's, it was weird, though. I don't really associate any Lord albums with college because her second album came out right as I was, like, graduating. It's, I liked it, though, too. Like, as, that like, a whole album. made me feel kind of old because I was still, well, wait. You you graduated a year before me in change. You were, yeah. you had been working for a while, but the one year first that like, of like out of college feels like an entire like different thing. So I kind of get it. It is pretty So crazy. I think the basic conclusion of this conversation. We all are older than we, f- we're, we're, we feel older than we actually are somehow. And that Lord should not be made into a unit because unit should be abolished. Yes. Um, this is Them's the Facts, is- a podcast about fun facts and lying to your friends. I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. Is is that the longest we've gone without saying the name of the show? Maybe. Lord knows. No pun intended. Oh my god. Spicy. Seriously, actually, no pun intended, so that's kind of fucking crazy. But uh, you'll handle that. You'll, you're, a, you're a skilled editor, Chris. I trust you. I, what do I have to edit? About oh, that's that? that's gonna stay in. I, I figured oh, that I you just, that you, you were referring to was the, the listener. Well, no. When All you I'm said gonna edit in is after that. There's gonna be a lot of claps, like an audience is watching us. And I'm exactly. also gonna but keep this explanation of it so people know claps why it happened. We did restarting this recording that you could just cut into <laughs> <laughs> an audience doing applause. I wonder if you cut all of the claps from all of our episodes. If you could make like a like a fake applause. Like Foley mm. effect. Well, what I'm gonna do for the rest of this episode is I'm gonna put candle after every after every joke for the rest. No, of this <laughs> no, I I beg you not to do that. <laughs> that sounded like candle after. Uh, that, that was my real laugh. Thank you for insulting me. So well, no, that's the thing is normally <laughs> it sounds like that, but somehow not canned laughter, and somehow you combined your. It was like you were thinking so hard about pre-recorded laugh tracks that you did your own laugh as one. It was incredible. No, see, this is what I was telling someone about laugh tracks. One thing I do like about them, especially the shows that had it back when it was really they really were doing like basically a stage show and filming yes. it, right? Like Friends, for example, really did have a live audience and all that kind of stuff. Or Seinfeld, for example. Cheers. Also, cheers. I would love it when there's episodes of those shows where someone that's in the audience that day they were filming has the stupidest laugh in the world, and they like oh, halfway yes. ruin it. It's that that's the like best part of laugh straight tracks. Sounds like. Goofy from Goofy. And yeah. They're... Goofy from Goofy, yeah. yes. <laughs> goofy from Goofy, okay. Uh, Gabe, you're first this week. Yeah, I was going to say, I am first. I should uh, I should be vigilant of this. I am first. Um, all right, I have one. Um, I'm, I'm, we're, we're just going right in. Um, Gary Gygax, uh, you guys probably know who that is, but for the any audience, people who may not, it's the famously the co-creator of... D&D slash, like, credited as the main creator. Gary Gygax was known in the 70s and 80s for... the Actually, only the 80s. For, um... Basically for doing a bunch of coke and hooking up with a bunch of models in L.A. after he got divorced and, like, rented a mansion out there with his D&D money. Hmm. Hmm. So my first question with that is, how much money did D&D make? So... I'm trying to. I've the never problem spent is, money on D and D the product, so I'm not sure it makes money. Okay, okay, but consider PDFs weren't a thing. Yeah. No, I was actually thinking sure. about this. It's crazy. I own copiers were a thing. I don't own. I'm still any. at that point. Georgia Tech checked what you were printing even less than they did now. Mm. I, I'll tell you, I have printed a full D and D can. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Uh, <laughs> on the Georgia Tech printer, and they 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 put me a note saying, actually, it was no, they didn't care that time. When I printed uh, a thousand one-sided pages of lorem ipsum text for a play in college, that was when I got a note from the printers that said, "Please never do this again." <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> but the D and D book I got off scot free. I still have it. Actually, the problem with it is actually that it's a really, really in-depth, open-world campaign that I did not expect it to be, and it's really hard to run for people. Mm. Um, Whenever I would print something like that, like a book, 
I would print it and I'd be like, man, I'm so glad I didn't spend money on this. And then I would start using it and I'd be like, man, I wish this was bound like a book. It'd be so much. That, that's how I yes, felt. It's absolutely. Like, I like I looked it up and I'm like, oh, it's 50 bucks. And then I bought it. And I was like, it's only 50 bucks. Or I rather I didn't buy it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's only 50 bucks. See, in a, this is why I really do like buying books for games. Like even even if they are kind of expensive, I just like the physicality of having the book. Like I've been like. Like it's it's wild. Like we when a physical D and D game was happening, I'm like, I have the player's handbook if anyone needs it. And everyone was like, No, we've just all got PDFs. And I'm like, But I don't understand. I always like would rather pass that around. Like I can't control the PDFs are nice if I need to look at it and you are holding the paper one, whatever. But realistically, like most of the time, yeah, you already have it. Just pass it around. But you can't like instantly flip back to the same page in a PDF. Like yeah, yeah. Well, you can control F, but you can't. You can't like. Y'all are wild. Also, bookmark things, so it's kind of the same. I know about hotkeys. Y'all are wild. I'm just saying. I prefer the. It's also a nicer reading experience because it's not blaring blue light at my eyeballs. Yeah, but that's true. But also, I if you're nitpicking, I think it's faster to open to a bookmark page on a book than to hotkey in a specific three-digit page number because that's how fucking long those books are on a PDF. The, mm-hmm. Those D and D books are consistently like two hundred fifty pages. They pack so much info in there. It's it's so much easier to flip pages to find something than to scroll pages. In my in I my also experience, tended at least lately to play more of the like weird extension character types where it gets harder to get the book. Oh yeah, or it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. Also so and post- that's that's why I write on my character sheet in six point font. Since since March, with all the COVID stuff, I've had friends. Both, including me and campaigns that they've done that I didn't feel like joining in, uh, run like Roll Twenty games, and they just yeah now they've just compiled like weird a bunch of side books because if you're already doing digital to like put it on one platform is really not so bad, and they've been they've been able to have fun because of that because they just released like a new one of the big expansions. I think we got sidetracked from the original thing. Someone because Chris said how much of a actual commercial success I felt like that was a piece of information you needed, so I'm gonna give you. The answer is basically like I will give you as a definite thing that he was Gygax was well off by the mid eighties, like pretty rich. Okay. Like he was actually pretty like he wasn't like, you know, like so, like the you know, whatever, richest guy in games, but he was definitely like a multimillionaire by like let's say eighty five, I think. Okay. So again, the so you're saying the the crux of the whole thing is that he was just renting mansions to do drugs yeah i guess i guess the core fact here is uh when gygax broke up or broke up with ended up divorcing his wife i don't remember the circumstances after getting really rich his coping mechanism was to go to hollywood and do a bunch of coke and hook up with a bunch of models and rent i mean that seems like the appropriate coping mechanism for the 80s yeah, it's what is this? It's thing like Russia could about? annihilate us at any time. Right. Let's go to California and do coke. I that really does. That's like you really just packaged neatly what it sounds like the '80s was. It's just Russia is scary, but coke, well, is also it's scary good. until you do it, and then I guess it's probably a pretty exhilarating experience. Pablo Escobar has at the height of his power. Oh, is that, was that the situation? It was all Escobar Coke coming into the U.S. in the it, 80s? It, it wasn't all, but it was a lot. Right. Like, well, if you're in Hollywood, it wasn't Escobar Coke, right? It, that would have been Miami. Or am I wrong about that? It, it would have been Miami, but I'm sure that Escobar had other shipping lines happening. Yeah, isn't, isn't he the guy yeah. who, like, was, like, famous for, like, spending the most money on rubber bands to hold money? Or is that a different drugs like drug lord guy? I don't actually know the specifics. That would have been there. a good okay. fact if you had kept that to yourself. Mm-hmm. What? That would have been a good. Oh, that he was known yourself. for spending so much money on rubber bands to hold other money. Yeah. I mean, my favorite Pablo Escobar thing was uh, either the hippo thing or yeah the um the fact that they did actually make fiberglass boats that had coke embedded into them, ship them to places, and then melt the boats mm-hmm. to get the coke out of it. It's really just amazing Colombian engineering. I was going to say, this is genuinely it. innovative. As funny as all of these weird ways to move coke around are, they really get creative. They've, they've had people like have like, like plastic surgery where things are inserted into their body that contain the coke. Like 
Although you don't know how many of these things you hear are real, honestly, because people will fucking spread anything about drugs and whatever. Well, if it's on the internet, it's real. Yeah, that's actually how it works. That's that's something established, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's actually how I know for a fact that uh, the Earth is shaped like a big dinosaur, like a big brontosaurus. I saw a picture of that online. I wish. Okay, Gary Gygax, white dude in the fantasy scene, recently divorced. I mean, it sounds like prime midlife crisis fuel. So basically, right he and he was the wolf of Wall Street, but it was Gary. He's Gygax. the wolf of what's Wall Street for gaming? <laughs> what location is that? The wolf of Neverwinter. Oh God! I don't know. I was, I was trying <laughs> to think more of like. Well, be the dire the dire wolf of. Also, if, well, actually, he's from Wisconsin. So if you're going for like just the letter W, the wolf of Wisconsin, even though I guess this That's all is in LA. Yeah. The wolf of mm. Los Angeles. <laughs> the wolf of the sunset strip. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I I would not either. So, does, are these like, like semi-final answers? I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying how we're we're all like, yeah, this we're, we're all like, kind of coming to terms with this. Do you think he played I think he played. Do you think he tried to get the hookers to play D and D with him? So to clarify, it wasn't prostitutes, <laughs> sex it was, workers. It wasn't. It wasn't even like sex workers. It was like models. It was just he was women. Like, yeah, like models. like random models on other random women. Like it was. I don't even think he was like paying them explicitly. I, just, I think it was more of like I, just, I rented a ten million dollar mansion because I rented it, so I only needed one million dollars, and you should come to it. I, w- I just want to know if they like knew who he, when they found out who he was, if they cared or not. That just seems fun to me. So if they were like, "Wow, you have so much money," he's like, "Yeah, I did D and D," and then they were like, "I mean, one of the things Whoa. that this is this is a plot line in a lot of different shows is the nerd gets rich and suddenly he does have models all over him because yeah. he's rich. Exactly. That's why I, I like this because it just feels so movie like. Straight up, he it's it's he um he is losing my train of thought here. He, one of the things that happened with his wife was he with his first wife because he got remarried after this was that he um she, he was playing and working on the game so much that she found him in his like friend's basement where they were working on it because she tracked him down assuming he was cheating and they were just like like running test runs of like D and D combat in the basement. So are we are we are we are we both pretty well, confident I was in our just, answers or what's the situation? I was just gonna say the most like eighties plot line I could think of for this would be like he's in this mansion with these women and they're all doing coke and then one of them asks what he does and he says I am into D and D and then she gasps while still doing the coke and says, Wait, so you're a Satanist? And that's like <laughs> really that's what I think happened. Man, mm. I didn't. I didn't realize too how much like how real that stuff was. He had to go on sixty minutes and be like, "It's, it's really not devil worship." Like I don't know how to put this more plainly. Oh, folks. I had to explain it to my mom one time when she found out I played D anD D, and this was like two years like ago, like five years ago. Yeah, two yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, oh my like, god. She's like, "You play the the devils and whatever game," and I was like, "Okay, oh my god, let's start. Let's start at You're phase like, one." Devils is not in the title, so let's just scratch that one right now. <laughs> yeah, I literally think that the only time devils and demons appear in the game is specifically as things that are very hard to kill, but that you are supposed to kill. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, I'm pretty sure they're, like, all, like, CR-10 fucking big scary guys. So if anything, the message is, you know, the, the devil is the big, big final boss. You gotta kill him. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with true. I'm gonna I'm going with true. I'm gonna go with true. I wanna uh, believe it. I wanted them to be playing D and D in his giant rented mansion, doing coke all at the same time. Yeah, is a final answer then? Yeah, final answer. Hundred percent true. Yes, absolutely. Other than I do not know in the beautiful. Actually, he no, I don't actually don't know if he and the models did. He and his friends actually, from what I was reading, absolutely were sometimes like. Doing coke and like smoking weed while they were playtesting, yeah. Well, I could just—I mean, smoking weed is—that's a little one of the more like typical, yeah. But like just <laughs> ra- like just doing lines of coke while you're playing D and D is kind of. I unreal. could just imagine. 
You take 1d4 of damage, do a line. Oh, God. Oh, God. For some reason, when you said 1d4, the, like, mental shift was snorting a d4, and that's just, like, so... Oh, God. I think d4s have to be one of the most, like, dangerous, like, objects that people just leave out. I was thinking about buying I... a metal one once, and I was like, I think I don't trust myself. You know that bag of dice that I inherited if from you yeah that i'm never that i literally I'm like i'm happy you have this there's so many in here and i already have so many <laughs> yeah um my cats knocked that open and there were d4s on the floor of my office and i didn't know and it was awful yeah it was just a terrible all-around experience that whole bag open there were like 12 d4s on the floor although Ooh. i actually remember that that bag is designed to contain fewer of the dice you use less so there's probably mm. almost no D12s in there. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. All right. Who is who's next? I'm we're, I guess we're ready to. It's me. Okay. Um. So my fact, I'm gonna do what I normally do, which is I'm just gonna say it real quick. It's that the current colloquial. What's that Colloquial? word, John? Colloquialism. Yeah, that word. Colloqu- colloquialism. Yeah, that word. The well, I meant the colloquial. Clo- colloquial. You're clo- good. You're, you got it. Colloquial. That Colloquial. The use it. of the word rookie in such a manner as the word that starts with a C that I cannot pronounce right now is actually from references generals would make based on the name of the rook in chess. Mm, That's my fact. It's like red shirt. Huh. But not because they that doesn't would make then sense call them because the rook is one of the most powerful in a sitcom. And maybe that's real. That is my fact. The rook is one of the most powerful pieces in chess. But it's one chess. of the last. Yeah, but I don't trust that anyone takes it. You hold, you hold him. It's it's it just by default. So you're saying it's someone you hold back, but who d- who is pretty powerful because they're young and new. Well, it's more that they were like they're like the. How do I explain it? They're like the last to, you know, figure out to what they're up. doing. Basically, is why they mm. called them that. They could be useful, but it takes a while for them to figure out what they're doing. Is what the generals were suing it, but it was during the Civil War in the U.S. Civil War is when they started okay. using it colloquially as such. That is my I fact. Think that ch- if it was the Civil War era, was chess the most? If you have a lot of time on a military base, maybe downtime because you got to be ready. Chess is the most like entertaining thing that's maybe available to you, unless you're inventing baseball, which did that, that was would before be. This around then and would probably be about equally entertaining but then more because it's new also remember during this time it's generals and they actually did use chess to learn back then and maybe they still do for I real, don't know for real. Like, but back then Military they definitely did. that sounds made it. it was it i mean it's teaches you to actually like keep an eye on your position yeah and where the like it position. definitely does teach like strategic like, thinking it it definitely right. teaches tactical thinking i think yeah Hmm. I mean, I'm not making that part up. That is a real thing. That no, it's a was very real such. thing. I don't know if I believe this rookies thing, though. Oh. I feel like it's discounting how powerful of a piece the rook is. Okay. Like I get what I get what Chris is saying about how late they they show up, but like. So I'm trying to think of the other. A rook pieces. is a rook is like your second most valuable piece. Right, but here's the I'm thing. Not, you, I'm not discounting that. It was more in terms of how it takes no, forever no, 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 for them no, 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 to be I, useful. I, I, I already well, said that. I already I, said I that. I think a lot of the other chess pieces don't have names you can call a person. You can't call somebody a pawn openly to their face. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You could call people, as we've seen lately, you can maybe. definitely call someone a king. You could um, definitely call someone maybe. a queen. That's true. But especially if he's short. Yeah, but all but mm-hmm. but not especially if they're really bad at military and that's what so probably not those. You're not just going to start calling them a bishop. That's just fucking weird if you were to do that. Well, no, cuz they have those. They have And also there are probably actual bishops too, right? Um so that only leaves knight which also no, maybe. I guess that just sounds like you're good maybe. at military. So I think if you have to, if you have to name somebody after a chess piece, you literally do not have choices. And thus, by extension, John, do you think that the critically acclaimed, by at least me, 2002 film The Rookie, starring Danny Quaid, Jesus Christ, got its name from the rook in chess? <laughs> <sighs> 
Dennis Quaid. Sorry, did I say Danny by accident? Yeah, you said Danny Quaid, and I was like, what the fuck? I'm sorry, I'm thinking now. That was the Jesus Christ. I realized I said Danny, now it's Dennis. But anyway, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. We are not sponsored by Disney+. Hmm. We are not sponsored by Disney+. Plus. And I feel like Disney Plus is barely sponsored by itself. Have you seen the threat of reboots and reimaginings, Chris? Uh, no, I don't really want to delve into that right now. I want to pretend it's, it's, they it's, only it's, announced two things, and it was the Ahsoka thing and the Obi-Wan thing, and everything else is what I, I, did even happen. I don't know. Okay, there's there's only, uh, let's see, live-action Pinocchio. God. Um, starring Tom Hanks, directed by Robert Zemeckis, so Actually, we don't even wait, know. wait. Just when I was out, they they reeled me back in. I don't know. Zemeckis reeled you back in? No. Zemeckis hasn't made a good... Tom Hank reeled you know, me back in. I was going to say Zemeckis hasn't made a good movie since, but I just think I can be honest here. Zemeckis hasn't made a good movie. Just name one movie with Tom Hanks in it that wasn't at least passably good. See? Larry Crown. The problem that. is that I'm there just, probably it's, is it's one. The one that, it's the movie that famously he gave people money when they said they had seen Larry Crown okay. because he knew how bad it was. It's also one of the ones he directed. Um, oh, that makes it so much more brutal. Yeah. Oh, po- oh, let's see. Let's let's go with another Zemeckis outing. Polar Express. Oh man, have you ever tried to watch that movie again since it came out? It is oh, the epitome so of Uncanny Valley. It it's, is insane. Oh man, I, I when it first that, came out, it was I still saw uncomfortable. A clip of Jimmy Neutron, and let me tell you. Mm. <laughs> It does not. It the Polar Express know, is worse than Jimmy Neutron. I'm serious. You think so? Jimmy Neutron it, it at is. least passes it as like is. Uh, it's stylized, so it's like not as awful. Polar Express tried to go for photorealism Jim- and failed yeah. so badly. Jimmy Neutron gets a pass because it basically is like watching a show that is entirely a PS1 cutscene. <laughs> from a game. <laughs> it really is. So that's though. why it gets the pass. It's like watching hours of a cutscene that would have been like Jack and Daxter 1. It's like watching unpatched PS4 gameplay of Cyberpunk 77. Oh, man. No, no one's ever had a seizure watching Jimmy Neutron. Um, Mm, That we know know of. of. The videos of people like driving a car to a street and getting out of it and standing around and then watching the people and everything just pop in over time Mm. is killing Mm -mm 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 me. I have not even... God... It doesn't it's, look good. It's a game that I was kind of excited about, and then I read read more and more about it, and I became less and less excited about it. I don't think I was ever excited about it. I just never understood what it would be cool I, about it. I was just interested in Keanu, if I'm honest. Fair. And, and then, and frankly, Night City sounded like a very interesting world to hang around in. Yes, yeah, CD stuff is cool as a genre. Mm-hmm. I just have this weird... Uh, precariousness around like AAA games that they're always going to release like unfinished and buggy and normally they don't put people in the hospital but we're progressing through history and, you know new things come out anyway uh, break up CD Projekt Red <laughs> Apparent, if, if they're going to do this shit maybe um, however, break up all I, companies break up yes. all matter <laughs> into its constituent quarks I I'm a, reject I'm actually, modernity. I actually feel like you're an ant quark, an arco quarkist. I'm trying to come up with like anarchist and quark pun, like and quarkist. Eh, it's not happening. Fuck it. Um, I'm actually willing to go not true on this fact. I think it, I don't know what it is. I just it's just I'm thinking about the way linguistics works. I don't think... And now... And you know what? I think I'm back in. I think I'm in. I, that's the thing. I, I think that's split actually the vote, a maybe angle. Linguistics is my the Tom vote. Hanks. Just when you're out, I reeled you right back in with the linguistics. Mm. Yeah, with all those linguistics that you did. Chris said... You see that... Unless... If you notice the... Uh, the post-alveolar trill in... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means, so I can't actually say a place where it appears. Sorry, go on. John, so what'd you say? Did you say you're gonna split it or what? You know, I feel like gambling. I'm splitting it. All right, it's he's a, a I'm going man. true. Fifty fifty. Let's see it, Chris. Uh no. This is not true. Yeah, my first instincts were Unless it is, and I didn't know that it is, but it's not I I don't know why I decided to gamble there. Uh it's let's fun. let's just go to Edim Online. The best I could find was that uh it was a a mess up of the word recruit. 
over time. Yeah, Raw Recruit, popularized by Kipling's Barrack Room Ballads. I... Influenced by Rook in its secondary ses- sense, suggesting easy to cheat. I will tell that you is... this. I heard the word brookie yesterday, meaning brownie cookie, and I thought, that sounds like someone who scams you with something horse betting related more than that's it a, does a pastry. That's a bookie. It is a very well, good the, pastry. Well, a bookie doesn't necessarily scam you unless you consider it's all typically horse used betting kind of a that. scam, in which case, sure. Everything that involves money is a scam. It's all a scam. Yeah. All of it. Everything's a scam all the way down, except them's the ads. That's not a scam. Joe, I hear people and they're having lots of fun. So I have been reading a lot of books this year. And I'm always looking for a good way to find a good deal on a book. Maybe I want it used, or maybe I'm looking for a book that's kind of out of print right now. And, you know, I don't want to go through maybe some of the big companies because, you know, we we know there are issues there. A good way to do the opposite would be to go to Abe Books. Abe Books is an online marketplace that lists millions of new, used, rare, and out-of-print books and other collectible items. So they connect you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide. So if you want to check it out, you can go to affiliates.abebooks.com ppn. That's A-F-F-I-L-I-A-T-E-S dot A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S dot com slash ppn. Okay, I'm also going to go straight into it. A recent study showed that actors who get Academy Awards live on average about three years longer than actors who don't. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, no. Did it say anything about how, like, every year you don't get an Academy Award, you start dating two years younger than you, and that's what happened to Leonardo DiCaprio? Ah. Oh, no. Oh, no, Leo. It's like like Benjamin Button, but with through, like, five (laughs) layers of confusion. Hmm. I don't know if he was in that movie, so if he is, that was not a, an intentional he wasn't. joke, and I don't it was, know anything. He wasn't even, it, it was Brad Pitt. Oh, I, I was going to say that. the sentence, he wasn't even close to that movie, and I don't really know what that would have meant if I had said Has it. Has DiCaprio ever been in a Fincher movie? Ever been in a what? A David Fincher movie. Oh, I thought you said an adventure movie. Inception. Well, he's then. been in adventure movies, That's why I was obviously. very confused by what you said. <laughs> all of Leo's movies are an adventure for all the senses. Mm. Smell even. Romeo plus Juliet tastes delicious. The VHS for Titanic did taste delicious. Did you eat the mm-hmm. whole thing? Mm-hmm. No, only you half eat... of it. It was a big. It was multiple. It's, VHS well, it's a double. Set. It's a double cassette. Yeah. So you, he ate one of them and he saved the other one for the end of the. Did week. you actually yeah, eat true. part of a VHS as a kid? Is that what no, this was supposed to be? Gabe, what are you doing? <laughs> sure. What do you think? This I is know? a comedy podcast. Yeah, game. and it would be funny I, if it was true that Chris ate half of the VHS as a child. It's fun to make up wacky scenarios that we found ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wacky scenario. Yeah, game. it's a wacky scenario that he. I would believe that a three-year-old would think that the tape inside of VHS is fruit by the foot black, like how they made Mountain Dew. You Blue thought black. that Chris was three when Titanic was on VHS? Yeah, I know. That's prime eating. Um. I actually let me find out when I don't know when so I can actually answer. Oh god, you might have been actually Titanic VHS. Titanic was ninety seven, so it would have been released on VHS ninety eight. I searched Titanic VHS when did it happen question mark and it said upon its release (laughs) wait, that was the release of the film in ninety seven. When did And the VHS probably would have been ninety eight. September first, nineteen ninety eight. So I I was actually three. Yeah, I that's a Right. Okay. I I don't know that you owned or ate, and then didn't own anymore the VHS of Titanic, but it would have been on in the cards. No, the main thing I messed up as a child was the carpets on the stairs because I wanted ketchup so bad, and my mom wasn't listening, and she was downstairs. So I grabbed the ketchup bottle and said, "I want ketchup now," and then threw it down the <laughs> stairs, and then it exploded. Oh my god! The I think those stairs are still <laughs> a little red. Oh, they most definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> like the other thing I remember doing. Well, I don't remember 
doing it fully, but I do remember really liking Harold and the Purple Crayon as a kid and hearing mm. my parents discussing how they were about to put new wallpaper up, so I figured that was like carte blanche oh, no. to just go for it. In oh, a way, no. you were so kind I, of right. I was kind of right. Uh, yeah, so I Harold and the Purple Crayon, the living room. The whole living room? Well, yeah, because it was all going to be wallpaper, John. That's the thing is like, mm. <laughs> where are you? Like, they probably put the wallpaper up and it was okay. Like, you were kind of just actually. I'm assuming if they ever sell the house and they have to, like, and they, like, you know, tear the wallpaper down because no one wants a house with wallpaper anymore and paint it, there will just be a giant. You could probably steam that off because crowns is just wax. Yeah, I Mm, think the thing would be more that they would take the wallpaper off and then they would be like, Oh, there's crap. Like, the steamer would not be ready to go. They would be like, why is there... Did Harold live They'd probably in this forget home? about it, yeah. Like- I also did write on the bottom of a table, Angela was here. Because it was before I really could do the full thought process of, oh, wait, my sister can't, like, get out of her wheelchair, crawl under this table, <laughs> and write, Angela was here. So it's very obvious I did this. <laughs> yes, Someone not Angela certainly I, I didn't certainly know how old you that. were, so I thought maybe you were old enough where it was like a high-up table and she could have feasibly done it, but you just gave the whole fucking game away. No, I just wasn't quite there. It just wasn't quite there yet. Oh, boy. Also, she's like way older than you and wouldn't write under a table at any age you would. Yeah, also that. Yeah, by that time she was like 15. It's yeah. like, why, why would my 15-year-old sister in a wheelchair climb under a table and write, <laughs> I was here? Oh, Lord. Man. So, the the thing with this Academy Award thing, there's a lot of cross-correlated factors. Like, if you get Academy Awards, you're a popular actor, you're successful, you stay around, you keep acting, and that's the kind of shit that keeps people alive is they're still busy. Hmm. I bet you these award-winning actors, these are these kind of motherfuckers who are still acting when they're, like, 80. You remember, um, I watched one of the new, the new Star Trek movies, like, past six or seven years, and, like, they brought, like old, old-ass Leonard Nimoy on to be Spock's grandpa. Spock, yeah. Uh, this was 10 years ago, to be that fair. Movie, oh it could be 10 years ago, if, if I saw what? it. What? This was 11 years ago, actually, 2009. What? It was, if it was specifically like... The Star Trek revival was 2009, with Leonard Nimoy playing older Yeah, Spock. but I don't think J. J. this was the Abrams first... One? Yeah, the J.J. Abrams. Were oh, the first J. J. Abrams there were three one. of them. Oh. I think this was the second. There were three of them. Spot Leonard Nimoy was in two of them because the third was made after he died. Yeah, I I think it was the one where they brought Khan back. And oh, oh, you mean you mean John Harrison? I don't even Wink. remember who the actor was because like uh, that's said, can I can I just can no, I just get John Harrison? No, you're thinking of the guy in the Beatles. That's no, John Harrison. No, that's Chris, George Harrison. That's, Chris, no, that's Chris. I'm getting on my George I'm Star. getting on my soapbox now, that's Chris. Ringo Lennon. Oh, you're right. Chris, Sorry. let me get on my soapbox. No, Ringo Lennon was the one that got shot in the park. You're thinking of John Starr. I hate you guys so God. much. What? No, I actually do want to hear the soapbox. Let's do it. J.J. <sighs> Abrams' puzzle boxes have destroyed the pre-film hype-up cycle. The obsession with not letting any details or spoilers out about a film... Like, there's a way to do that without being a dick about it. We can we can look at the way that Alfred Hitchcock marketed Psycho. And he did that where he was like, you, no one will be allowed to enter. But, like, he did a no spoilers thing without being, like, obtentiously, intentionally obvious. And that's why my mom saw you know? it and then didn't because, take a shower for two weeks afterwards. Because, like, because... J.J. Abrams insisted. He said, no, it's not Khan. It's definitely not Khan. This is a character named John Harrison. Khan was... An, was played by a man of color. This is Benedict Cumberbatch. This isn't Khan. This couldn't be Khan. And then just Benedict Cumberbatch was Khan. Is Khan. Is Khan Noonien Singh. Be- Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. A dude whose name. He's supposed to be a believable Sikh? What? He sounds like. It's an. It's like. It'd be one thing. One regular very bad thing if you put. A regular British guy. It's another thing that you pick the British guy. If you guy put the whitest man in existence. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's analyze this for a second. You think Bulbasaur Cumberbund is the whitest man in existence? Uh, I think the fact Have that... Have you seen his eyes? I think the fact that his name is actually so English that you as an English speaker somehow wrapped around and 
can't pronounce it and prefer to make fun of it does d- no like, i can pronounce it i just prefer okay, okay, to live in a reality where his name is actually bulbasaur to. cumberbund because i think that's so, so much more insane. fun it's like i found out that there's a british people food named bubble and squeak and his name is the name equivalent <laughs> of that <laughs> <laughs> That, I do, also, I mean, that's not that, uh, that's okay. true fact. You can Google bubble and. Squeak. I know that's a true. This is really interesting, though. Okay, let's think about this. Who actually is the whitest this person? Sounds like a technical challenge on the Bake Off bubble and squeak. No, wait. Bub- let's think about this. Who is the whitest person? Because I actually don't think it's Benedict Cumberbatch. William Gates. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Ooh, that's Sorry, pretty good. Like it's a little. Yeah. It's it's, it's a little off tone for the podcast, but it's so Mitt but, Romney. But, but Mitt, no, I think Mitt Romney is always okay. Wait a second, wait a second. Podcast. I searched, I searched who is the whitest person, and the first result is an article from the Atlantic called "The Whitest Man in America," which does explicitly talk about how most people think Mitt Romney is the no whitest way! person. No way! No. I'm sorry. He's named after a baseball glove. <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> I always wondered that because his first name, Chris. It's Chris. You just gotta. I just need you to appreciate how good my mic etiquette has gotten when my volume you changes get up now. And walk around, and it's funnier that way because here you having to get up to. I think <laughs> that's the thing. His first name, it. He picked that because it's a nickname. His name is like uh, for for Mitchell, probably right. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna Google it, but yeah, you're you're not that far off. It's it's like. Or like you know, Muchard or whatever people that white are named. Um, his Willard even um, is his name. Uh, Wait, what? His name is Willard. Yeah, his name is Willard. Oh my what? gosh! <laughs> Can you imagine looking at your beautiful son that's just been born, and and saying Willard? yes, Willard? <laughs> I thought with that with like so many Ugh. names that aren't used anymore. Like, I. Genuinely, this is not even intended to be another like politician reference, but like the name Donald, like I'm just like this is a bad name. Like this name sucks. Literally, literally, na- at this point, the the other than Donald Trump, the person who occupies the most cultural consciousness is literally Donald Duck, a character known for exploding into fits. Yeah, of I was going Duck. No, or I think Glover of Donald Rumsfeld as the other weird. Donalds or. You th- you're the only Rumsfeld. one. <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld has not been culturally relevant in 20 years. Uh, ten, 15, yeah, like but yeah. <laughs> Man, I this this has to be an all timer for just like this fact has been lost to the abyss. I remember it still. It's it's the Academy Award winner thing, and I believe it very easily. I think. I want to know: Does it compound? Is it like interest? So oh. like, is that why Betty White has been alive they're, so they're, long? Because she has so many. There is no interest involved. No, you're saying. Also, does Betty White have? And I don't think Betty White has any Academy oh, Awards. Academy she has Award. to have well, some kind of award. So she's Betty White. She probably has Emmys. Academy um, Awards. Uh, eight Emmys, three American Comedy Awards, three Screen Actor Guild, and a Grammy. So no, she does not yeah. have an Academy. Oh yeah, she never really did movies, did she? No, no, movies is a, has been like a new thing for her. She's mostly been in TV. Oh, she's been acting well, since okay. the 50s. Who has the most Academy Awards? Most Academy Awards. It's a producer, probably. Uh, it's Catherine Hep- or Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. Who Catherine is Hepburn? Yes. Okay, that's the most Oscars oh, for acting. For acting, yes. But that's kind of what you were saying. So how old is she? Catherine Hepburn's dead, Chris. Okay. When did she die? Yeah, I, mean, I searched Catherine Hepburn. Be, right? Is she dead or alive? Oh, she died like way later Whoa. than you would think. Oh, she this helps no the case. Wow, this that is much later case. than I would think, considering when her. This helps the case. Say that again. She lived a really long time. Hmm? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not what? actually like that weird. She was just very old, just 1907 to 03. But like, yeah, wow. But then consider the young actors who flame out. Some of them dying before they get their Oscar. Heath Ledger. Oh, Con- yeah. Consider the prevalence of drug abuse and usage in Hollywood. Wait, so is Audrey Hepburn not related to Catherine Hepburn? I don't think they are now. Interesting. Oh, the, the also, Wikipedia picture for. Okay, I, w- I just want to say this one thing: the Wikipedia picture they have for Audrey Hepburn is disturbingly high quality. 
Hmm. Here, I'll put it in the chat. Look at this. Look at how disturbingly high quality this is. It's like too short. Oh, the resolution does look very. Let me actually click open a. It's it. It looks very clearly airbrushed. If I'm honest, it's that plus the black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think anyway, this is your here's your tweet photo. <laughs> you could just tweet this photo of Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna tweet yeah, the whitest no, man in America. Actually, thing, I think that one's funnier. You should tweet that and then Audrey Hepburn right after it in the comments just, just, of it. Just thread it. Thread, just thread it. it. Okay. Um, I can. Okay, I think I can maybe guess this now um when did they do this study i forgot if you said i did not say let me pull up my Uh, where i had it written down the scramble let me just say that i may be faking this right now you don't know like Mm -hmm. i think we've all learned a metagame some yeah to a point i i don't know i'm Metagaming becomes, you know, kind of moot when you're just good, you know? Yeah, it's when you're just, you're Mm. such a elite pro poggers hacksaw that you fucking, I'm going to go true on this fact, by the way. This study was in 2001 is the earliest I'm finding reference to it. Okay. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. True. Why not? You are both correct. Damn. Average of two point nine years. Did you argue that uh, not giving good. some? Could you give like not giving someone a well-deserved award? You're taking three years off their life when you do that to them. I'm actually very worried about Amy Adams. Now. Interesting. Oh, no. I don't know who has won. I'm worried about Zendaya. She's young though, so she has a lot of time to. Yeah, but if she got it now, I would feel better. I'm worried about Amy Adams because now, now I'm trying to. I'm beginning to understand why maybe she needs to win this Oscar for Hillbilly oh, Elegy. Okay, even yeah. though God, I hope she doesn't win an Oscar for Hillbilly Elegy. Who is else it is actually like? like uh, I don't know. This might be a more nuanced conversation for later. I was gonna say, is it actually bad? But, I've heard that it's just. Awful. Oh, you well, haven't seen it. I haven't okay. seen it. I don't plan to. Yeah, I don't really because either. the trailer looked garbage. All right, let's look at a- just, just let's, total garbo. Let's quickly look at the list of actors and actresses who have not won an Oscar yet, and see who we think needs to win the most so they can stay alive. So we've got Bradley Cooper, William mm. Defoe, Willem. Wait, what are you? What are you? Listening oh, sorry, to yeah, Willem. It's just people that have. Hey, hey, this is our last episode of the year, isn't it? Wait, okay, Will Smith. Willem Tom Cruise? Smith. Tom Cruise really doesn't have one? No, but Interesting. he's... Interesting. He's a blockbuster guy. He's a popcorn guy. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, he's getting up there. Jake Gyllenhaal. Johnny no Depp. Sam, Sam Elliott Jake is Gyllenhaal way might die older from just than being all of weird. these other people you named. Samuel L. Jackson. Ah. That is hard to believe that Samuel L. Jackson has not yet he won didn't at get, least he the was, best supporting. He's only been nominated for an Oscar once, and it was for Pulp Fiction ridiculous actually uh let's see who else brad pitt brad yeah he still doesn't have one. well he has one for producing 12 years a slave but that doesn't count that doesn't count uh let's see woody harrelson matt damon i I always think think of that i think i think woody could live without an oscar so rough well matt damon doesn't have one for performing but he does have one for best original screenplay i'm pretty sure laura dern laura dern doesn't have an oscar and that's a great injustice um like albert finney she had two different performances she could have won for last year. Sama Hayek. <sighs> That's okay. everybody on this list. I'm done. It's, this is our last episode of the year. I think the first year we did this, we did like end of year picks. For what? And I kind of just what our favorite. Oh, like, just stuff. Culture of oh, the year man, was. Oh, man, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, let's just, you know, let's just do movie and album. So I'm probably the only one who has like a 2020 relevant movie because I feel like I'm probably the only one who kept up with cinema in this weird fucking year i mean i watched some movies um, in terms of new releases yeah but i'll usually be able to give something that's at least like if not 2020 like 2019 that i haven't mentioned yet yeah but like your first watch what, yeah favorite first watch oh i'll actually was. have a, a movie it'll be a, it'll be a, a good one but uh did one of you have like something Let's you wanted to i'm gonna i'm gonna like literally look at my music chart 
Well, it's cats, right? Uh, okay, so obviously it's not. <laughs> well, that cats, was 2019. But I did actually oh, realize yeah, earlier today. Yeah, I think that might be the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID. <laughs> when did we go? Shit! Now that you bring that up, I think that may have. It was January. It was January. I thought it might have even been like December, Ooh. but January it has to be. I think. I man, th- I that's like. That's like a legendarily bad movie. <laughs> I think okay, if I have it's to pick a legendarily. I don't think it's I don't I think it's it. worse than every other famous bad movie, but I think it is probably going to be one of the most famous bad movies of the It's it's gonna have a second yeah. life at midnight showing. Yeah. Like so if for I had sure. To, if I had to pick a movie, I don't know if we're saying it came out this year or if we saw this year. If it's the if it's that came out this year that I also watched this year, I think the only good candidate is Emma for me. Ooh, Emma. That's I think that that was the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID. And I wish you had told me. I missed well, the, I missed out so much. I didn't You know you loved You know I love me a period piece. I mean, now I do. I mean, I know you loved the favorite, but I didn't know if you loved it because it was a period piece or if you loved it because of Emma Stone. Just happens to be two coinciding things in a giant, you know, it's like the large hadron collider. Right, period piece, Emma Stone, period piece, Anya Taylor Joy. I mean, I just can't avoid it, you know. Man, I I have actually heard oh, what is it? Queen's Gambit is really really good. That also is way up there for me, but it's not a movie, but it is a it's, show. Yeah, it is. I, it's it's a Netflix limited series. Yeah, when am I going to just start being allowed to call these mini series movies when they have total runtime of two hours and forty five minutes? Well, and the runtime of Queen's Gambit is like nine hours. Whatever though, that's like yes. that's like a big movie. I mean, one of one of my favorite comedians doing a Watto impression did say, "We don't make TV shows anymore. We make fourteen-hour movies." Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's into what I'm, I'm so into that. I love the evolution Strange, of television. What, I mean, even Stranger Things and shit. I, are like, I do sometimes miss episodic television. Well, that's I, why we have no, the Mandalorian. I, I mean, we do have the Mandalorian for that. Oh, it's so good this year. Okay, my favorite movie that I saw this year is. And, and it did come out this year as far and away first cow. Like okay. just fantastic, great portrait of like finding tenderness in a place where it doesn't exist. It's and also just a beautiful, beautiful cow. I like that's also my best cow of the year is first cow. I have not cow. heard of first cow, so now I'm interested in this cow. You should watch it. First it's cow. a it's a movie about how to explain. Okay. It's two men on the frontier in the 1820s in the Oregon territories who um, are trying to make their way. One of them, uh, they're both kind of running from their pasts, it seems. And they bond over making cakes from milk stolen from the governor's cow. And they start a business with this. Hmm. So it's, they have to like go in at night and steal the milk and then make the cakes to sell... Two people and to the governor himself. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. Wow, I it's love the so drift. tender. It's so good. It's I, I loved it. What's your it favorite movie, Gabe? Um, okay, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna embrace John's point, which is that I haven't seen a ton of movies. I'm not gonna be like I I'm not gonna try to go super highbrow here. I was impressed by a pretty silly ass movie this year, so I'm gonna go. And just give a shout out to fucking Borat's subsequent movie film because I'd never seen the original <laughs> and I thought it would be so bad because I thought that that type of humor wouldn't age. But it actually transferred and was and I didn't realize that the original movie was probably sort of cultural criticism of the U.S. when I was too young to realize what it was. And so realizing that that's what people were joking about with this movie for like 10 years when you're finally old enough to understand the sequel and like modern context was so funny and also like i have to say man <laughs> just being a jewish guy watching like another jewish guy make fun of these stereotypes the fucking scene where he does the like i'm not even gonna he does a ridiculous costume and he is just leaning into it he's having such a good time uh i, I guess we're doing album second so chris you can yeah do movie man this Let's is snake drafted you do it first gabe you yeah go you first. Go, gabe. chris didn't say the movie his movie though did he yeah, I did. Oh, you didn't sound like you were 100 confident. You were just like, I might do, I would do Queen's Gambit. Which which movie? No, if I if it has to be a movie, it's Emma oh, okay, at okay, the okay. end. Um, then we we can snake draft album. Um, 
Man, I mean, there's there's multiple. I don't want to go too much. I'll, you know what I'll do? Actually, you guys like this album, too, so I'll do this one. The uh, Jump Rope Gazers by The Beths. That was a great 2020 a album. Good fucking um, album. Good yeah, fucking I don't... I think I only listened to it once, but it was pretty good. I don't know, like, what... it's. You know, it's funny, because when people ask me what genre an album is, these days I'm like... How do I like answer indie, that question it's, for like any album? Indie pop rock? Right. I it's guess. like I need to use like, like five adjectives. It's just yeah, it's like pop rocky and it's Thanks Spotify. It's also yeah, they're Australian. Like is, is it Stomp and Holler? Is it Stomp and Holler? Black Death. Well, that's what I mean. It's like Boy. I don't want to be that person, but at the same time I feel like anything else is like not always specific enough. I'm looking at my whole chart here because I had to pick one album. And I'm like, how many of these albums like Honestly, Chris, you said those words that you just said, and I immediately, with my chart open, like looked over to the Holy Fawn album. But <laughs> I actually do, I actually do legitimately know an album that I really like that is a depressive suicidal doom. What album. is the album? I mean, it's I guess ah. you should instead. I guess you could do your album for the year. But now I'm curious that one too. Well, it's not my album of the year, but that one I, I can tell you that one real quick. I got to get the correct name of the. Uh, yeah. yeah. While you look that up, I can do the actual snake draft order and do mine. Okay. Uh, now, Jumper Upgrade Gazers was great, but it didn't even like crack my top ten because so much good fucking music came out this year. Oh yeah. Like, like down at number ten, I do have like Haley Williams' Pedals for Armor, which is all right, a revelation. But I'm just gonna skip all the way up to number one because I I do have them organized in a, in a top ten list. <laughs> Um, my number one was absolutely Leanne LaHavis' self-titled. It's like Neo Soul by way of uh, this this is gonna sound so dumb by what but but that's because this is two of my biggest influences when I was working with Yes Hornberger, which was by way of like John Mayer Trio and Radiohead, in a way. Like it's like Oh it's so the guitar is so good. The tone is so clean. She plays so well. Like, I was introduced... I say that because I was introduced into this because hmm. one of the tracks on there was a cover of Radiohead's Weird Fishes. And I listened to the track. I was like, oh, this actually rips. This was... It was released as one of the, the hype-up hype singles. And then the album itself came out. And I have listened to this album so many times this year. It's just perfect for me. If you really like, like, soul-tinged vocals but, like, interesting guitar work, like, definitely check this out. It's also just got like beautiful arrangements, like with strings, piano, etc. Like, oh, I love it. Uh, favorite track is definitely "Can't Fight." My number two is in a sim. It's 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 like British jazz in a similar vein. It's Tom Mission, Yusuf Days, what kind of music? And those two were jockeying with each other the entire year, just trying to decide what was my number one. Mm. I I loved a lot of albums this year, and I might actually like tweet out my top 10 songs and top 10 album list from the uh thumbs the fact yeah i was actually Twitter thinking account. this like i can we can just link like i was gonna say you just tweet the chart that i tweet that i already put like and so yeah. you could put your top 10 list something like that yeah chris hit us with your album of the year oh boy um this is hard this has been an interesting year for me now that i am a music reviewer also the name of the album i was talking about was i'm going to kill myself by black sheep wall Oh, well, that's, that's a yeah, no hell bullshit of an album name. title. Huh? Look at the look at the art. I just put it in the chat. It's a pretty good art. Um, but anyway, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that that's... was not what I expected. I mean, it is a good album. That's not from this it. year. That's not me saying this is my favorite album this year. No, anymore. no, I know that, it's not. That is a, while we were on it. It's a legitimately a good album. It is uh, as it would imply, extremely depressing and should not be listened to by people that are not in the headspace. But anyway, uh. This year has been hard for me. Like I said, now that I'm like a music reviewer for real, uh, I've had to listen to a lot more random stuff that I normally wouldn't. And I think almost everything that's in my top 10 mostly is stuff I never would have heard if I wasn't doing that. Well, that's great. Which is kind of fun. Um, I think my album of the year since it came out has always been uh, Omoto by Nero De Marte, which is like an Italian post-metal band. It's a good um, album. It's I've insanely it. good. It sometimes takes a few listens to really hit, but it's probably the best post-metal album I've ever heard in my life. You should say how to spell and this, because I'm literally Googling it right now to listen to after this and can't spell it. So it's like I-M-M-O... Wait, am I spelling it wrong now? I've had no, you're spelling it right, I think. Emoto. 
Uh, yeah, two M's. E I M M O T O by Nero. N E R O D I M A R T E. Those are three gotcha. different words. And the cover looks like a weird liquid thingy. Uh, it's it's stupid good. I mean, it's it's like a total roller coaster. It never actually stops having music happening. It's it literally just starts, and then it just never has like a real time where it ever just stops you're just doing like something. into it the it, whole time and then you're like holy shit it's over and it's been 45 minutes it's always like, building or like coming back off of the giant climax like it's just writing the whole time it's awesome um the other ones that are like honorable mentions the new protest the hero album was the best thing i think they've put out since Skrillis. that's probably true i thought it was awesome um I, for things that came out in 2020, I mean, what else did I listen to that came out this year a lot that's also really good? The new Cryptodira album is really good. It's like the first thing that's felt like old Between the Bury Me since Between the Bury Me stopped being old Between the Bury Me. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. The new Exist album. I mean, there's just so much. I guess you could even plug where you're reviewing stuff if you if you want to do that. Yeah, I review stuff at a, um, a website called the Progressive Subway, as it implies. it uh, It's called that because it reviews underground progressive music, hence the subway uh. part. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. We only review things by bands that have, I can't remember the exact metric, but basically very little listeners on Spotify, all things considered. I think we do under 5,000 typically. So we only review like stuff that's, you know, not super popular typically but meanwhile meanwhile i'm over here doing the opposite uh this is actually some personal news um i did recently apply and become accepted to be one of the writers for a music blog called the singles jukebox which you can find at the singles jukebox.com it's a really cool site basically uh anywhere from like six to twenty writers will write essentially little mini reviews or blurbs about singles that are coming out in the pop world, uh, selected by a selection committee. And right now actually selected by writers and readers at this part of the year. And it's fun because we all give it a score out of 10 and then that score averages. And it's, it's, it combines stats and criticism, which is always fun. So if you want to check that out, it's the singles jukebox.com. But yeah, I think that's all of our end of the year. Oh, yeah, I think that's all of our end-of-the-year media stuff. I don't know of anything else that really media-wise I consumed that wasn't those mm. things. I started I reading Dune again. That's about it. I can, ooh, I can say my best book was Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. Just throwing that out there. Good fantasy. Good, um, good fantasy based in, like, native realities, which is really, really good. Huh. That's... That's also like a good. I I honestly, it's a little bit embarrassing that I don't read for just fun. Read novels as much as I feel like I did when I was literally like younger. But whatever. <laughs> That's John coming through with a good book, Rex. So I don't have to, I guess. No, there's only one good book, Gabe. Oh, it's and it's the uh, good book. only the one good by whoever by Lois Lowry. I I was just no. I expected Chris to say the giver and then I froze cuz I didn't remember who wrote it's it. It's the script it's scripture Gabe. It's salt fat acid heat. That's the oh. good by Samin Nosrat. Yes, that is that is essentially my scripture at this point. That book kicks ass cuz I've never read the book. The title is The Advice and I just do that. Oh. I, I mean, mean there's the cooking book, book I own. My favorite cooking book I own is the one that just the title is Chicken and that's that's the book. <laughs> I own a cookbook it's titled just chicken mushrooms. recipes. It has a subtitle, but it's just titled mushrooms. No, oh, mine doesn't man. even have a subtitle. It's just chicken. I feel like did our did our listener fact get eaten by our end of year? I think it did. Yeah. I think it I did. think it did. Unless you want to like want me to read one, and we don't we don't discuss it. We guess, and then we say for wrong. Yeah, instant guess. Babe, lightning round. Babe, did you submit pure instant yours? Guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, an old style lightning round instant fact. Okay, it's got uh, instant fact. You ready? You ready? You guys ready? Yeah. All right. If you drown in cold water, you have a higher chance of surviving than in warm water. Uh, no. It's the opposite, I would guess. True. I'm going to say true. I'm going to say... I feel like it'd be true. And it is true. Damn. Hey, we have, any explanation? We have a mammalian 
diving reflex that kicks in during cold water submersion that shunts blood to your vital organs and helps maintain oxygen specifically to the brain. But only cold water, nice. so don't drown in a hot spring. There we go. That's oh. my advice for this week. We're part of the Pocket Podcast Network. There are lots of shows on here, including a show that will be uh, taking our place on New Year's Day. Um, well, it's going to be a part of a special event with Colt's Cult Classics. I'm not going to share too much of it, but that'll be dropping in our feed on January 1st because we're taking a holiday break. Um, other shows include Steampunks, Home Viewing, The Ghoul Tank. Joe Wogan. A, yeah. A whole... Sh- no, Joe no. Rogan isn't on here. It's it's Joe Wogan. He's... Yeah, Joe, Joe Wogan. He's in, he, he, but, you know, he's invisible on the website secret and the podcast you can only hear if you can hear a dog whistle and... <laughs> I am I am legally obligated to say that Joe Wogan is not here, but there is a whole smorgasbord of content that you can find on pocketpodcastnetwork.com. You can submit listener facts to us on our page there, which you can reach easier by getting to abolishunits.com. Yeah, and the uh, intro-outro music for our show is Never Far by James Hunter USA, which now goes under the name New Weirdos. You can find that song and all the other good stuff they've ever done on all your favorite music websites, wherever you get it, wherever you stream it, anywhere you can think of. Just go listen to Possum Yeah, Rock, that's Yeah, Possum That's Rock. the one. Um, so, yeah, as we mentioned, there's going to be kind of a, a New Year uh, break of like one one bi-weekly uh increment i guess um and then but we will be slinging content as soon as we yeah can and that. there's the bonus thing Indeed. that john mentioned which i think you said is it going to be an our feed or someone else's or both it's going to be an our feed but it will hopefully encourage you to go Perfect. to their feed. that's the plan yeah we're gonna feed drop right. it over here and I, at least one member of this podcast will be on it i I think with that we're we're good to go, right? So Yeah. All right. I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. This has been Them's the Facts. Don't believe everything you hear. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming. Right to the pocket.